93.3 and AM 560. By staying silent, we are a part of the problem. KWTO. It's time for Team's Top. Well, in response to, well, not in response to, in conjunction with our interview with uh, Missouri State Senator Denny Hoskins, who's running for Secretary of State, Shane Scholler right here in Greene County is running for Secretary of State as well. Got two of my best friends running against each other. Maybe I'll go to Mars for the next year or so, so I don't have to deal with these things. The CPAC scorecard. For the state of Missouri, for the current legislators, just came out. CPAC. The headline is CPAC. Of course, you know CPAC. Of course, is the um, is one of the arms of the American Conservative Union. CPAC releases its Missouri legislative scorecard, revealing strong conservatives in the House of Representatives, weighed down by counterparts in the Senate. I completely and utterly agree with that headline. Uh, Denny Hoskins did receive a very notable rating of near. Uh, let's see. I think, um, <coughs> excuse me, coughing here. Um, where is he? 88%. 88% for Denny Hoskins. The leaders, the leaders. So Eric Burleson was ranked uh, because of last year, right? This was, I, I guess, based on the, uh, the yeah, this was the, um, the 2022 session. Okay. Uh, Eric Burleson, 100%. Bob Onder, 100%. Andrew Koenig, 100%. Rick Bratton, 100%. Bill Eigel, 100%. Nick Schroer, who's now a state senator, got 100% in the House. A lot of 100%. And then you look, so the only, the problem is there's 24 Republican senators. Eric Burleson and Bob Onder are gone. Burleson, of course, went to Congress. Bob Onder turned out. You Out of the three that are, there's only three have 100% ratings out of 24. And then the others really aren't that close. Lincoln Huff, our main man right here in uh, Springfield, Missouri, coming in at a cool 50%. So really not a conservative. I'll go through the rest of those un momento. How about we do number two? Well, on another miscarriage of justice, courtesy of rogue leftist lunatic prosecutors, uh, Daniel Penny was indicted by a New York City grand jury. He's the guy, he's the subway guy, the guy who saved the subway from the lunatic uh, who was raging and crazy on the subway. Look, I feel horrible, as everybody should, that that young man who is obviously mentally distressed, suffering from deep mental illness, died. We do not want people to die. We also don't want people to be terrorized on the subway and have their lives put at risk, right? I've been on New York City subways many times. I, I don't know if you folks have ever been on a subway. The terror of being trapped in a metal canister rocketing down rail, rail railways as as someone completely starts to wig out is rather disconcerting. I've never had an experience like the one I'm describing right now, but I have been on subways where people have started acting really weird and you can't wait to get off at the next stop. How about we do number... <laughs> Didn't really want to say three. It's like three. burp. Three. three. That was the weird one. <laughs> burp. Twisted Sister frontman, Don, you know Twisted Sister. Yes. We're not going to take it. Twisted Sister D. Snyder rejects transphobe slur for opposing gender surgery on minors. Praise Jesus. There's another person coming out of Holly Weird and the music industry that doesn't feel that mutilating children 
is the way that we should run a railroad. That's transphobic. Part three. Yeah, it might be. Thursday, June 15, 2023, 8, 10 a.m. in the Heartline. I owe silver away. Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Cast, you know Twisted Sister? I don't because I was born okay. in 1999. So. Can, you pull, can you pull up some background music for me? Can you pull up some Twisted Sister for me? Only because I'm up, feeling uh, generous today. Pull up We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. I Good do know that song. We're not going Hard rock song. Ooh, yeah. the people in this music yeah. video do not look sane. Ugh. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't at all. That is disturbing. So uh, <laughs> That was the way with I'm most music sure. videos back in the 80s, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. Is this it? This is it. All right, mister. What do you think you're doing? I'm kind of worried that this is going to cuss. <laughs> no, I don't think they did back in this video, Don, in the 80s. No, they wouldn't have had this. No, I don't remember video. any uh, cussing in this video. I'm skipping yeah. past the talking. There it is. <clears throat> Perfect. Ugh. This guy is D. weird. D. Snyder ain't going to take it. Former Twisted Sister frontman D. Snyder, who is, uh, who is entertaining us with his golden pipes behind us here, is continuing to criticize pushing puberty blockers and gender medical operations on kids while insisting he is still an ally of the LGBTQ community despite recent efforts to cancel him. In an interview with Fox News Digital, the outspoken rock star, that's a great way to describe Dee Snyder, isn't it? Isn't it, uh, Don? He's outspoken, yeah, to say the sure. least. He can do a duet with Garth Brooks. <laughs> right. Uh, claim that allowing kids to make life-altering medical decisions at such a young age is evidence that irresponsible parenting is the norm in society. You know, Don, it's an upside-down world when D. Snyder of Twisted Sister has to school <laughs> and educate people on proper parenting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I wish people would talk about that more because that has a lot to do with the shape we're in. Uh, you got it. Snyder declared he's not going to take it, um, you know, channeling his famous hit. When leftists call him a transphobe just because he doesn't support the mutilation of children. Cass, that's the point, right? Right? You you can support people's desires to do whatever they want to do on their own free time in the privacy of their home as long as they're not hurting anyone. But you can oppose the mutilation of children at the same time, right? I mean, if you can't get a tattoo underage without parental consent or you can't go buy a cigarette even with parental consent – until you're 21 now, I think, in Missouri, then why are you allowed to, you know, cut off your breasts, which is permanent? Why are you allowed to literally take complete body-altering hormones and block puberty at the age of, what, 10, 11, 12, 13 now? It's it's absolutely insane. And then you, you, you listen to people like Chloe Cole, who, who did that, who did that at yes. the age of, yes. you know, I think 16 and... You know, she's she's what, 20 now or something. And she's like, listen, I didn't know what I wanted. I was an angsty teen and people let me make these terrible life altering decisions before I was mature enough to actually know what I wanted for the rest of my life. And now she has a voice that's like four octaves lower for potentially forever. And she has body she has health problems that will never go away right. because of the damage that was done to her as a teenager that she didn't have the, you know, maturity to make at that time. It's, it's actually mm -hmm. dangerous. And I think it's going to go down in history as a huge stain on our, on our society. 
You know who joined D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, Don, along uh, uh, against gender affirming care and called it a sad and dangerous fad? Who? Paul Stanley, the co-founder of Kiss as well. How about that, Don? All these hardcore rockers, they were the big anti-establishmentarians of the year. Mm -hmm. You know what, Don? I think they're just they're all libertarians now, but they also they're all they're they're parents now as well. That's right. These guys, they've grown up, they They care about their kids. And they care about kids. And gender affirming care is not affirming and it's not care. Hey, in a related story, speaking of trannies, um, can I say that? Uh, Bud Light has lost its title as America's top-selling beer. Modelo is now the reigning champion. So (laughs) Mexican beer is now the number one beer in America. Moment of silence for Bud Light. Yeah, moment of silence. Uh, Head down, I suppose. All righty. Okay, we're good. Uh, Bud Bud Light sales dropped by more than 24% over the last four weeks. Modelo's has grown by 12.2%. The free market has spoken. Until they take away our right to make choices, then we shall continue to make them. The mighty dollar shall have the last word. All right, going to get to a break here, 816 in the Heartland. When we come back, we're going to speak to, Don and I are going to speak to Haley Frizzle Green, archivist at the Missouri State Historical Society. We're going to talk about KWTO, radio history, and more here in Southwest Missouri. When we come back at 93.3 AM 560, KWTO. the KWTO Traffic Center. Well, we're doing pretty good across the Springfield metro area. We've not had any major crashes or slowdowns around the Ozarks this morning. Watch for uh, some ongoing road work uh, that's going to involve some pavement sealing that is planned for seven different routes in southwest Missouri. It actually will start next week on June the 20th. Uh, Webster County Highway E between 38 and W. Dallas County Route PP between Montgomery Road and Missouri Route 173 and over in Cedar County Highway Z between County Road 825 and Missouri Route 39. That's just some of many on the list in parts of Webster, Dallas, Polk, Cedar, St. Clair. 3 and AM 560. That was the old regime. Who's going to go to jail for this? KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Welcome back to the program. It's 819 in the AM here on Thursday, June 15, 2023. Don, we've got a very special guest to speak with next about the history of radio, specifically regarding KWTO here in southwest Missouri. We do, and uh, we are so pleased to be joined in the studio this morning by Haley Frizzle Green. Haley is an archivist at the State Historical Society of Missouri, the Springfield Research Center. I guess, uh, Haley, uh, your office is is a library, right, over at Meyer Library? Yeah, that's correct. We have uh, six research centers across the state. Uh And Springfield is one of them, and our office is on the third floor of Meyer Library. They're on the Missouri State University campus. Yes. So there is a special exhibit coming up, and I think that our listeners of KWTO will find it very interesting. Obviously, this is a station that has a pretty long history that dates back to 1933 as KWTO celebrates its 90th anniversary later this year which is pretty cool mm-hmm. signed on on christmas day right 1933 yeah that's right and uh you're going to be having an exhibit open house this friday from 10 30 until noon over at meyer library for an exhibit called broadcasting the ozarks a history of rady ozark 
Enterprises. That's R-A-D-I-O-Z-A-R-K. We'll talk about more about that in just a moment. But first of all, just tell me about the exhibit and also uh, the open house for that exhibit and uh, how people can access it and uh, a little bit about what you might see and hear at this exhibit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the exhibit has been about a year in the making. We actually got grant funding for it last year, the Melinda J. McDaniel Charitable Trust. So um, for the past year, I've been researching KWTO, uh, Radio Ozark Enterprises. And so we've created a traveling exhibit. Um, it's six retractable banners. And on each banner are um, text and photographs, um, talking more about the history of KWTO, uh, Ralph Foster, um, the key leaders of that enterprise. Um, it focuses most on Radio Ozark Enterprises, mm-hmm. which was a syndicated um, transcription radio program company. Um, and then it also goes into Ozark Jubilee, because we can't uh, not talk about Ozark Jubilee when we talk yeah. about uh, broadcasting. Ozark, Ozark. Jubilee uh, was known nationally back in the day, and of course started right here in Springfield, Missouri. You mentioned Ralph Foster, and I want to spend a minute talking about him. This guy... And Tim, you'll appreciate this. This guy was mm-hmm. a visionary. The The country music capital, of course, has been in Nashville for all these years. He wanted Springfield, Missouri, to challenge Nashville mm-hmm. to be the country music capital. And uh, and that was a lot of the vision behind KWTO back in the day, Haley. Right. Yes. Yeah, so um, Ralph Foster's vision started in 1926 when he lived in St. Joseph, Missouri. And the radio station up there... Um, was KGBX. Um, so he brought it down to Springfield, huh? and then he ended up purchasing another station, um, KGIZ from Grant City, Missouri, and brought that down to Springfield in 1933, changed the call sign to KWTO, adopted the slogan, Keep Watching the Ozarks. And Lester E. Cox, who we all know that name very well because mm-hmm. uh, he has a hospital named after him here in Springfield. Yep. But he really kind of put the money behind this whole thing, didn't he? He did. He was the financial backing for most of their their enterprises. Yes. yes. And, and, of course, uh, we talk about Radio Ozark Enterprises. That's what uh, Foster actually started that with a gentleman named Cy Simon, who yep. we've heard a lot about in our history lessons here on KWTO over the years. And they would produce transcription discs of programs mm-hmm. starring people like uh, Smiley Burnett, Bill Ring, who became nationally known, and Tennessee Ernie Ford. But really, when it came down to it, uh, the live broadcast dominated KWTO's programming, and that is what allowed the station to really showcase people who would go on to become uh, superstars yeah. in the music industry, you know, folks like what Porter Wagner, mm-hmm. Chet Atkins, uh, and I know that uh, that that's really kind of a little bit more about what this is all about, right? Yeah. So the exhibit goes into much more detail about um, the talent, the key leaders, like you mentioned, Cy Simon, also John Mahaffey, um, and then what actually started this whole project was in November of 2021, we were donated a collection of over 400 phonograph records from Radio Ozark Enterprises. Wow. So we actually have the programs, like you mentioned, Smiley Burnett, uh, the Bill Ring Show, the Red Foley Show. And so part of this exhibit also has an interactive audio kiosk, so you can actually read about it, but also listen to clips um, that we've been able to digitize um, through the grant funding. That's pretty cool. So you can hear, like, Bill Ring Show. Exactly, or, or, yeah. That's so, neat. So the clips in the exhibit are about one to two minutes long, but mm-hmm. um, it gives you a, an idea of kind of what... Uh, 
radio sounded like back in the 40s and 50s. Haley, what made you all decide to, uh, and again, revisiting with uh, Haley Frizzle Green with the State Historical Society of Missouri Springfield Research Center about uh, the exhibit uh, that uh, they're having an open house for uh, tomorrow from 1030 until noon at Meyer Library called Broadcasting the Ozarks, a History of Radio Ozark Enterprises. Uh, what made you get interested in this and what made uh, you all with the uh, State Historical Society decide to focus on this? Yeah. Um, so again, just the, the donation that we got back in November of 2021, mm-hmm. um, it was such a, an interesting donation, having audiovisual, something like that. Um, that just prompted us to want to do something more, um, get a little more creative with the traveling exhibit aspect and then adding in the audio component. And I'm going to bet you put quite a bit of research into this, didn't quite you? Quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about that. What, like, what did you do to, to prepare this exhibit? Yeah. Um, I researched a lot through primary resources, so newspapers. Um, the KWTO actually created a publication starting in 1941 called KWTO The Dial. Mm-hmm. I've was, seen some old issues yep, of that. Which mm-hmm. was written by KWTO staff and published here in Springfield. Um, so that is a great resource. Um, and then I've also visited the Ralph Foster Museum down at uh, Point Lookout, Missouri, at College of the Ozarks. I'm sure Cass. <laughs> Cass, tell me you've been to the Ralph Foster Museum. Oh, so many times. She's a CFO grant. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they were a great resource. Um, Wayne Glenn, local record cl- yes. collector, oh, yes, he's, yeah. he was a great person to talk to as right. well, and yeah. he shared a lot of great photos too. Yeah. He knows his history and he knows his music, doesn't he? He sure does. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so the public will be able to, to see this for a while. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. have to go to yes. the open house. It's just kind of to kind of roll things out. What can you expect at the open house if you go to that? Right. So this is more of kind of a debut in Springfield. So um, the open house will, we've got pastries and coffee and just kind of a, an opportunity to chat more about it with visitors. Um, but it'll be on display at Meyer Library from June 16th through June 30th. And then from there, it'll travel over to the Library Center on South Campbell, and it will be on display at the Library Center from July 1st through the end of August. And actually, it will also be um, on display here at your guys' offices in September. Yes, I know that Carla was talking to you about that. So it's going, so if you you have several opportunities to catch this exhibit, so for the rest of this month, starting tomorrow, you'll be able to catch it over at uh, Meyer Library, mm-hmm. and then in July over at the Library Center on South Campbell, and then beginning in September, right here in our spacious lobby yeah. at our KWTO yeah. studios. Absolutely, that is fantastic. Uh, this is, uh, you know, really when you think about it, uh, you know, Springfield. Uh, really played a, a key role back in those days of getting a lot of these artists careers off the ground and you know folks like porter wagner i'm sure you know owe a lot uh you know to to these people that you just mentioned uh and and springfield and kwto for some of the success that they had in their career oh yeah absolutely um and also bringing in um other artists that ended up getting bigger as their career grew um like patsy klein she's also yeah. um, spotlighted in the exhibit uh the philharmonics who were a, an all-black quartet mm-hmm. from springfield um they were featured on um the ozark jubilee quite a few times as well yeah so you know springfield probably didn't take over nashville but yet it did rival it for a while didn't it yes they were very very close to taking yeah. over the name very good. Again, Haley, uh, just give folks uh, information again on um, on the open house and how they can uh, access this 
very interesting exhibit that gives a glimpse into our station's past history as just well as uh, Springfield Radio history in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, tomorrow, um, Friday, June 16th from 10.30 a.m. to noon, we'll be having an open house so you can come and view the exhibit um, and listen to some great audio clips. Very good. Thank you for all the work you put into it, by the way. It's going to be really interesting. Thank you for having me. All right. Haley Frizzle Green and uh, Tim, several different opportunities, including right here at our own station to check out this exhibit. Very cool opportunities for everybody to see and to have us showcase everything that KWTO has stood for and done and accomplished over the last nearly 90 years here in the Ozarks. When we come back, we'll have the phone lines open for one segment, and then we'll wrap things up with the Morning Dump segment at 845. 417 The markets are opening up in just a moment, so I'll give you an update on the early look at the markets with the Dow Jones, NASDAQ, and S&P 500 indices. Talk to you, prepare you to hand things over to Gary Nolan and more when we come back at 93.3 AM 560. This is the new KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO News. KWTO News time is 8.30 in Springfield. We have sunshine and 65 degrees. It's going to be a gorgeous day today. Sunshine up to 86 for high this afternoon. One man is dead after an officer-involved shooting over in Dade County. The Sheriff's Office says deputies from Barton and Cedar County assisted Dade County deputies with a stolen vehicle investigation at a barn on West Dade 72 Road. Deputies found the stolen vehicle in the barn along with an armed suspect. The suspect exchanged gunfire with law enforcement and was wounded. Law enforcement performed CPR on the suspect, but he died. An investigation is underway. man from Springfield has been sentenced to four years and six months in federal prison without parole for his role in transporting stolen catalytic converters across state lines. Eric Kaltenbach was also ordered to pay restitution to four people whose catalytic converters he stole, but most victims could not be identified. Department of Justice officials say Kaltenbach stole at least 80 catalytic converters from 2020 through 2021. Five other people have been sentenced in the case. One more will be sentenced on July 27th. Former police chief in Highlandville filing a federal lawsuit against that town. Warren Hager accusing the city of violating his First Amendment rights and retaliating against him after he spoke to the media. The city fired Hager in February. The lawsuit also accused Mayor... Illegal aliens have been released into our communities. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Sweet as candy. It's an absolute slam dunk. I don't know why anyone's even hesitating on this. This is a guy that for years tormented the American people with this farce. And now we found out after the Durham report that they were illegally spying on the U.S. president, the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA. They were all involved. Adam Schiff knew it was a farce. He weaponized his position to to you know, bog down the government to go after President Trump. He needs to be held accountable. And what I'm hearing, which is boggling my mind, is that there are House Republicans that we fought like hell to put in there and stop this stuff who are wavering on their commitment to hold him accountable. They are scared to even censure Adam Schiff. Never mind, fine him. I don't understand why 20 Republicans voted against censoring Adam Schiff. Like, like DC, that was DC Drano, by the way. Folks, if you want an awesome guy to follow on Twitter, you may need safety goggles 
but he is fantastic. You need to follow. You need to follow DC Drano. Uh, it's DC underscore Drano. DC underscore Drano. The guy is hardcore. Follow him on Twitter. DC Drano. Anyway, <clears throat> I I haven't looked into this much yet, but it's it's beside I'm beside myself with trying to figure out why twenty Republicans. Come on, your your, your district. I could hear I could hear some people going. Well, you know, they're in difficult districts. Really, if your district wouldn't, if your district isn't Republican enough, I understand that there's fifty fifty districts and maybe even some that we picked up that aren't so fifty fifty. But if your district isn't Republican enough to say that Adam Schiff is a disaster, then then maybe we don't need your district. You know what I mean? I don't understand this. Now, was this part of the ongoing effort of the Freedom Caucus? I don't think so. Let me look at the uh, the one that really blows me away. Thomas Massey. Thomas Massey. Yes, I was just going to say that. I'm shocked. And then all you Arkansasians, one of your reps did it too. Whatever's Steve Womack, he also voted with the 20 that went against. Why? Why? And Daryl Issa. I think Daryl Issa voted present. I'm so confused. I, I don't. I haven't heard any explanation as to why. And look, here's Kay Granger from Texas. Okay, if you're from California or New York, I see a lot of California and New York people here. Okay, I get it. Oh, here's my old friend Tom Keene from New Jersey. Okay, I get it. But like Ohio, Oklahoma, Arizona, North Dakota. Kentucky, what are those congressmen and women doing voting for Adam Schiff? Here's Arkansas. Yeah, Womack, another guy from Ohio, Idaho. Okay, prior to the vote. Okay, here's what Massey said. Prior to the vote, Massey said he opposed the idea of a fine against Schiff. The resolution recommended a $16 million fine, but did not require it. All right, why did they put that in there? I could see how some people would be like, really? Adam Schiff acted unethically, but if a resolution to fine him $16 million comes to the floor, I'll vote to table it. Yeah, why, you know, why was that put in? It sounds like somebody, it sounds like that was a poison pill. Um, Massey says, the Constitution says the House may make its own rules, but we can't violate other provisions of the Constitution. All right, well, okay, so Cass, Massey's being a purist, which he is. He's saying a $16 million fine is a violation of the 27th and 8th Amendments. Why did they put that in there? That's stupid. Why do you put a fine in a resolution? It was a censure motion. Can, can they do this? Can they do, can they do this over <laughs> without? Yeah, who put that $16 million? I could see people being like, look, I'd like to find Adam Schiff a bazillion dollars. Maybe the $16 million was what the uh, investigations cost the great people of the United States of America. I bet I bet they did. Okay, so I could see why purists like Massey would have a problem with that. But come on, strip that out and just the guy should have been censored because what he did was wrong. The Russian collusion hoax was just that. It was fake. It wasn't real. All you liberals, I'll speak slower. The Russian collusion crap was a hoax. Joe Biden, 
Uh, okay, why don't the media? Okay, so the Russian collusion case was a hoax. It was based on a fake, phony steel dossier. Yet, yet the media took us down the primrose path of that investigate of that quote investigation for two and a half years. We spent thousands of hours. We wasted thousands of hours of our attention span on it. Millions of dollars of taxpayer funds were wasted, and it it it, it part and parcel resulted because they didn't get Trump on that. You know that was part and parcel of the two impeachments because they mentioned it during those trials. So we now have much more serious allegations involving Joe Biden, and nobody wants to investigate that in the corrupt corporate national media, in the captured media, as Vivek Ramaswamy calls them correctly. We're, we're, we're not going to have any committees. We're not going to have any investigations. We're not going to have any special counsels. We're not going to have breathless, hyperventilating coverage and pearl clutching on MSNBC and CNN and PBS and ABC and NBC and on the Today Show and on The View and everything else. We're not going to have any of that. But we wasted two and a half years of our time on a fake, phony Russian clue. We're not even going to be slightly interested in a sitting vice president selling access to the United States of America so his son, who had no cognizable skills whatsoever, can get paid millions of dollars to sit on a on 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 a on a foreign natural gas board courtesy of a bunch of Ukrainian oligarchs who apparently are affiliated with the Russian Federal Intelligence Service. Did you hear everything I just said off the top of my I'm not reading off of anything. I said that off the top of my head. And Russia, Russia, Russia. I mean, I, I thought we were worried about people being puppets of Putin. Only if they're potentially Republicans, right? Right? Two tiers of justice. Two tiers of media coverage. Two tiers of 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 journalistic malpractice. Two tiers of investigative authority. Two tiers of deep state dysfunction. One that goes after Republicans and conservatives and libertarians, and one that does not go after Democrats, liberals, and leftists. That's not a country I want to live in anymore. I'm terrified about what's happening. Where we're now going to persecute ideology and political opposition and political opponents. It's a scary world we're living in right now, folks. We better start rectifying this or our country is going to... People, when you destroy institutions and norms, you know what that is? That's not fighting white supremacy. That's destroying the foundations of your country and of the law and order of, of uh, uh, not even of Western, of civilization itself. You're saying that you want anarchy and chaos and oppression and communism and death because communism was the largest killer of people in the 20th century. That's another thing that people don't talk about. Communism, socialism, socialist nations, socialist countries, socialist leaders and dictators, things that young liberals think is oh so cute and cuddly and cozy now. Largest cause of death in the 20th century was socialism and communism and the leaders there too that exhorted their will and their oppressive attitudes onto their peoples. Look it up. Uh, Brett Baer did a really good um, documentary on that recently. It was called the unofficial, unauthorized. It was called the un- unauthorized story of of uh, socialism. <clears throat> I think that's what it was called. Let me find it for you. You can probably find it all over the internet now. It's been out for many years. I watched it. It was great. The unauthorized history of socialism. Brett Baer did a six part documentary series. It was excellent. All right, we got to get to uh, final break of the morning. Let me make sure I don't have anything else. 
I need to report on Cass, do I need to report on this latest direct message you sent me, or is this something I can't even say on the radio? Um as they usually are when you send them to me. <laughs> this latest message. <laughs> I can't think of what I sent you now. <laughs> that was uh, not oh, you shit. Sent me D- you sent me DC Drano. Yes. Uh, after, after the failed vote, this is from DC Drano, one of our favorite Twitter dudes. After the failed vote to censor Schiff, he describes how Florida Congressman Luna confronted him in the hallway afterwards. Anna Polina Luna. She shouted, she shouted that she wasn't done with me. I'm going to bring back a new resolution next week, and this time it will pass. Adam Schiff says, Adam Schiff, who's a little soy boy from California, is afraid of big old tough Congresswoman Luna. He <laughs> says, this is the savagery we expect. Cass, if a, Repub- if a Republican congressman had called a Democratic, or if a Democratic congressman had called a Republican congresswoman, uh, a, uh, well, okay, let me reverse it. If a, if a Republican, how do I want to put this? If a, Repu- if a oh, Republican, if a Republican yes, if a Republican congressman had called a Democratic congresswoman a Person savage. Person of color at that. Yes, that's right. She's Hispanic. Yes. Cass, they would have had to resign yesterday, right? Yes, absolutely. Two tier, two Although we were called of, Neanderthals, so don't forget that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> two tiers of everything in this country. That should terrify you all, you all. 845 in the AM. Don Luzader with a final look at the traffic. When we come back, the morning dump and more here at 93.3 and 560 KWTO. From the KWTO Traffic Center. We are looking pretty good across the Springfield area this morning. We're seeing no major crashes or slowdowns here in the metro area. I'm looking at the traffic camera feed right now. Uh, can or uh, 65 and Chestnut Expressway. Very heavy traffic volume continuing there on uh, Highway 65, both north and southbound traffic there near the Chestnut Expressway northbound off ramp. Analysis opinion. This is a crisis. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. Just a young gun. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. It is time for The Morning Dump. gets better every day <laughs> it really does how you doing everybody <laughs> excellent sam only one more day of the week who wants to go first i'll go first um okay. this news is more for my people down here um in southwest missouri because there is a southern baptist church on just about every street corner down here uh-huh. um you catholic friends of mine you tim and don you will not quite appreciate this headline but we might it is big news. we're lovers it is actually huge <laughs> nationwide news right now and yes. i think it's worth mentioning mm-hmm. um so the southern well, baptist convention is the second largest christian denomination second only to catholics and yes. it is huge and especially it reigns supreme down here in the bible belt of southwest missouri and so what happened this week was they had their annual conference and they voted out the largest the, the largest congregation that is a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, Saddleback Church in California, <laughs> and one other church from Kentucky for having female pastors because it's against the Southern Baptist doctrine. So and they went rogue and did it anyway. 
they they went rogue and did it anyways. Although there there are Southern Baptist churches who have done it anyways for a while, but they I guess you know the vote was like nine thousand to one thousand of all the delegates that were able to vote. They I guess they had enough of it and they voted out. And it, it's huge news because Saddleback Church is a mega mega church and it's the mm-hmm. largest. It's the largest member of the Southern Baptist Convention. And so they have put their foot down as a denomination saying, hey, this is part of our denominational you know, teachings. We don't allow women to be lead pastors in churches. Now women can serve in other leadership roles, but not as lead pastor or deacon or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so there's quite the uproar. And a lot of people are wondering, you know, is there going to be some sort of split in the Southern Baptist Convention, kind of like with the United Methodist Church? Mm-hmm. Are some Southern mm-hmm. Baptist churches going to be flying pride flags out front while others are not? Is it going to be United Methodist 2.0? It's caused high drama. And as a member of a Southern Baptist church, um, the conversations are getting, you know, I, I grew up in a first Baptist church, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I've been talking to some of my friends from that church and it's, you know, it's it's pretty big news, something to keep your eye on. And it's definitely going to catch the woke left mob here in a mm-hmm. any day now. They're going to they're going to read that headline and be like, oh, my gosh, Southern Baptist churches. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my dump for the day. It's big stuff. It's big news. Um, We'll continue to follow that and monitor that. Indeed. Yeah. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of divisions going on, Cass, in a lot of churches right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Episcopal Church is experiencing a lot of those. Lutheran, Lutheran, yeah. There's a lot of yeah, the Lutheran, the Lutheran synods, yeah. There's a lot of divisions because, like you said, Cass, you're, we're not safe from the woke mob anywhere, and no institution is safe from them yeah. right now, unfortunately. Yep. Don, you got a ton of local news for us here today. Let's talk about. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we're heading into a Father's Day weekend. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, of course, on Friday to help fully take you into that weekend. And we're hoping that the skies stay relatively clear. On the other hand, Don, we do need some rain, right? We need a little bit yeah, more moisture do. Uh, here in the heartland. And so you've got an update on the weather forecast as we head closer and closer towards the Father's Day weekend. Yes. And when I talk about some strong to severe storm chances here, uh, not talking about uh, like a tornado outbreak kind of thing, but we're talking about large hail and damaging winds. So a couple of different chances for those. First of all, some strong thunderstorms uh, will be possible on Friday. Uh, this is a complex of storms that will likely develop across the plains tonight, move toward our area tomorrow morning. Weather service says we could see a strong storm or two, some gusty winds and hail being the main risks, heavy rains, although the overall better potential will be south of the area. However, some of this could clip here are southern counties, really from Springfield on south. And then a little bit better potential for some additional severe thunderstorms on Saturday uh, evening into the late night hours, especially south and west of Springfield. Of course, we'll keep you up to date with any watches and warnings right here on KWTO. Mm-hmm. We absolutely will, indeedy. Uh, <coughs> and finally, oh, for all of you hunters and Fishermen and women, we've got some news for you regarding license fees. Yes. Hmm. Department of Conservation will be deciding in September whether to raise the price of hunting and fishing licenses in Missouri. Department Deputy Director Aaron Jeffries says costs have gone up and the additional revenue is needed to continue the programs. Many permits have not increased in price since the 1980s. An in-state hunting and fishing license would go up a dollar from 19 to $20. 
The department is accepting public comment on the increases until July 4th. That doesn't sound like a big increase, especially since we haven't had one since the 1980s. And also, I wanted to give a shout-out to a gentleman who I spoke to recently who was driving around, and I think it's maybe from down this way, or at least he was driving through, uh, Highfield, Arkansas, which is down around Gentry, Arkansas, and he could hear us loud and clear on AM560. And so, David Davis, thank you for listening to us, sir, and we appreciate you reaching out to us to let us know. Uh, that you could hear us all the way down uh, in Heifel, Arkansas. So there you have it. That is fantastic. Good reminder to let people know that, of course, we have two terrestrial radio signals. I say them a million times during the show. So, you know, for for people who are passing through the area or whatever, 93.3 FM, 93.3 FM, and then AM 560, of course, which has been around forever and ever, as we just talked about with uh, Haley Frizzle-Green. We also have streaming available 24-7 at 933kwto.com, 933kwto.com. You can download an app that you can utilize on your Android or iPhone device. That will allow you to listen to us anywhere in the world, literally, literally, that you can get a cellular or Wi-Fi signal. And if you have a smart speaker with you anywhere in the world that's connected to Wi-Fi, you can just tell that smart speaker to play us, and it shall, it will, at your beck and command. There you go. Speaking of listening and watching things, um, <clears throat> I was looking up how to watch the U.S. Open. Oh, Don, all these a la carte streaming services. I I'm know. telling you, what, wasn't it supposed to be cheaper when we cut the cord? That's not true anymore, is no, it? No, Because it's now not. Peacock everybody's Network. got their yeah, – Yeah. Yeah. So now, now look, I mean – during the day, I'm not going to have time to sit around and, and you know, stare at the TV much today. Everybody's busy as well. But if you want to watch the Open this morning, the only way you can do that is if you're paying for Peacock. So another thing you got to pay for. However, as of noon today, Don, yes, you USA. can watch the U.S. Open on, on USA Trust Network. Trust me, I've already much, searched the dial yeah. and I'm like, okay, where is the coverage on terrestrial TV today? Where it's is it? It's kind of ridiculous, isn't yes. it? I mean... I like what the Masters does. The Masters is always available, and you can watch it online 24-7. They've, the Masters, Masters.com is one of the best websites I've, like, ever seen. It's really great. So, U.S. Open, USGA, you guys got some catching up to do. Really? You're going to make me pay to watch the first early rounds uh, of the U.S. Open? It's kind of ridiculous. But it becomes available at USA Network, Don at noon, and then yeah. NBC will have some evening coverage yeah. and then NBC, you know it'll be available yeah. oh yeah it'll be you'll fully available on plenty, saturday and sunday you'll have plenty of golf to watch on tv trust me i will how I guess exciting I'm just, wow it is exciting Cass. hey the markets are open we're recovering from yesterday that's exciting to everybody right dow jones because everybody's got pension plans and 401ks and 403bs the dow jones currently up 162 the NASDAQ up 18 points. The S&P 500 is at 4387. It's up 15 points this morning. Rather dramatically. My goodness. Oh, wow. We've got less than one minute to go. What's coming up next? Gary Nolan. The Gary Nolan Show is coming up next, followed by Clay Travis Buck Sexton. The Dan Bongino Show. Do not miss that. Dan's been doing some excellent analysis this week on the Biden criminal crime family. The Elijah R. Show from 4 to 6 p.m. Joe Pags, Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America. And then we'll be back tomorrow morning, 535 out of the gates to help take you fully into a Father's Day weekend. We'll have everything, including fantastic guests, weather updates, traffic, news, sports, and more here at your one and only news source that you need to know. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 
Zimmer News Network, committed to serving our local communities by providing local, accurate, reliable news you can count on as it happens. Get the latest news, weather, and traffic from our trusted news team of Brian Houseworth, Don Luzader, and John Marsh. Keeping our commitment to serving you with information you want, news you need. We 